This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Feature ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! Raymond is in Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, Christian, it's been a minute. I think this is the longest this show has ever gone without yeah. an episode. It's quite weird. I mean, we were still talking every day, but it was, we got a nice little rest like the abs got, just to say the least. But we're back. We're ready for round two. And boy, oh boy, is it going to be a doozy of a matchup. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not going to be the Minnesota Wild, which is yeah. very funny. It is going to be the St. Louis Blues coming to Denver to play the Colorado Avalanche in round two. And now if only we knew when the hell the series was. Yeah, we still have no idea. Um, I'm assuming by the time we finish recording, we'll probably get announced and we'll have to hop back on Zoom and say like, okay, game's on Tuesday. Uh, But as of right now, we have no idea. And it's very, very annoying. Um, But welcome to cheering for the NHL. Yeah, uh, it's I guess for me, it's a welcome to the adult world and trying to make travel plans, Yeah, which is why particularly this is very annoying because I have like, if it falls on Tuesday, I have to do this. If it's on Wednesday, I have to do this. If there's a two day break in between, I might have to do something. Like it's just tell me what it is, please. Like it's come on. It's very simple. It shouldn't be this. I get it. You want all the, the second rounds to be figured out and everything, but do we really need the result of Dallas and Calgary game seven to just know when we're playing. You can't even give us an idea. Well, it would make sense because the Blues and the Blues finished up on, was it Friday? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So they finished up. So they both know who they're playing. It's just, when are they going to play? We had the series set for four days. Yeah. We we don't know when we're playing still. No idea. Um, But I'm excited to talk with our guests coming up. But um, this is going to be a much different series than last year's without question. This is going to be a very, very different series. The blues are much better than they were last year. And I would argue so are the abs. This is going to be a much, much better series. And we're going to talk about it with them, but we're going to do our own little preview first. Then we're going to hop back on after we talk with uh, Mason from Blues Fan React and the man called Wags, host of the Toasted Tavern podcast covering the 
St. Louis area, not just the Blues, but St. Louis sports in general. We're going to talk with them afterwards and see if our opinions change at all by the end of the episode. But as of right now, um, I think the Avalanche match up way better with the Blues than they did with the Wild. One thousand percent. And the Blues matched up way better with the Wild than they do with the Avs. Correct. It, it was a perfect matchup for the Avs. Uh, the Blues are banged up. I'll be interested to see um, who's all going to start in game one, defenseman-wise. And uh, let's just say this. The Avs at forward are much better than the Wild were. So you're not going to be able to get away with um, the defensemen they were rolling out for extended minutes against the Wild. Yeah, and also the, the Avs have better defensemen than the Wild, better goalie than the Wild because they have one, not two of them, that they need to question every single game. We'll talk about that in depth because I still I think that's very funny, and we haven't had an opportunity on this show to really laugh at the Wild's demise yet, but we'll save that for another time because it deserves its own little segment. But the Avs are better than the Wild in about every facet, and – the main thing the Blues have in this series is their top nine on forwards. Correct. It is – you can make an argument for any of their top three lines to really be the top line just on any given night. You have Tarasenko allegedly on a third line, and he scored five goals against the Wild, and he's on the same line as Pavel Buchnevich. You have another line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, who both had five goals. They're with Braden Shen. Your other line is Saad, Robert Thomas – and Jordan Cairo, those are three lines of killers right there. They have nine twenty goal scorers, and that's what everyone's going to look at coming in this series is the Blues have the depth. I do want to point out, this doesn't really get talked about. The Avs had seven 20-goal scorers yeah. this season, and you give Arturi Lekkanen a couple more games without those immigration issues, he had 19. He scores one more goal, I bet. He plays all season with the Avs. He easily clears 20 goals. JT Confer missed 12 games and had 18. So you can make the argument the Avs should have nine 20-goal scorers as well. And then you factor in the big difference maker in this series, the star power of the Avalanche's offense. The Wild had the star power, did not have the depth. The Blues, I don't, they don't have like that big star but they have a bunch of really, really good players. Yeah, but they absolutely have the depth. The Avs have both. Correct. So I, I don't think there is a chance in hell that the Avs sweep this series. No, I, just, I think the Blues are too good. Sweeps, um, sweeps are too hard. Yeah. To, to pull off two in a row is insane. I'd love yeah. to see the last time that was done. Yeah, it, It's not going to happen. And I just right now without seeing a game – my mind's going abs and six. Mine goes six. And we're going to talk with them about this. I'm interested to get their take on this. It really depends on Jordan Bennington. Correct. That is the huge outlier in this whole series. Because if we get stinky poo-poo Jordan Bennington, we saw before these past three games against the Wild, the series could very well be a five-game series. If you get Jordan Bennington like he was playing against the Wild, you're talking six, maybe seven. Right. The thing with Jordan Bennington is – he does not play well against the Avs. He once every 10 games can win a game against the Avs. He had one, maybe two good games against them in the series last year. Eventually the Avs just broke through him at a certain point. Uh, if that's the version of Bennington that we get in this series, it's probably going to be Avs in five. I believe Bennington is 
confident right now. He just played a great series against Minnesota. He might have his confidence back. I think he's going to play well. But if this continues, this trend of Bennington and Denver, where he just does not play well here, it could get messy. It, I'm not saying it's going to, but it has the potential to the yeah, could run away with it. I don't want to say, I don't want to sound cocky. Like that's what I'm predicting. But if the wheels fall off Bennington, it might get tough. If anything, before I even hop to my next point, I would not be surprised if after game two, Vili Huso comes in net and stabilizes things and makes that's where I was just going to go to. Yeah. Where I, I think the blues Bennington is, I don't think he's good. I'll leave it that. Um, he, he has his little cup for them. He won a cup for him. He got unbelievably hot. And ever since then, he's been probably the most mediocre goalie on the face of the planet while being one of the highest paid goalies on the face of the planet. Um, if it's anything like the last series, I remember in game one, he was great in game one for the Blues. He, he, had, was a, he had a borderline Connor Ingram performance. In yeah. one. It was tied going into the third period. And we were all like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. We're about to get goalied by Jordan Bennington. Yeah, we thought we were, and then Nathan McKinnon scored like 20 seconds into the third period, and it was all kind of downhill after that. And then game two, he was okay. Um, the Avs almost blew that game because of Kadri's hit, but they they trooped through, and then in games three and four, he was truly atrocious. Um, I, I just don't see a situation where Bennington plays every single game for the Blues in this series. I just don't. Yeah, I mean – especially starting in Denver where he is just not that good. Yeah. I mean, no, look for the example. What was that? The second to last game of the regular season. Yeah, when the, last, he, the last game we won in the regular yeah. season. He got horrible. Shelled. He had a horrible game. Yeah. It, was probably, it was the pretty much the reason that cemented that Billy Huso was going to start for St. Louis against Minnesota. And Huso had one great game and then two not so great ones. Bennington came in and played really well. And so I think we could see the kind of the same thing here where Bennington might have one good game and depends on how the abs and the blues play in front of him, how that result goes. I think we're going to see a couple of stinkers from him, And I wouldn't be surprised if Huso comes in net and is in the net for however this series ends. Cause also I, I, I've, I just thought about this earlier today. Have we played Billy Huso? Like we played the blues three times this season. I know, I know Bennington played the last two. Huso didn't play the first. No, he didn't. Cause that was the blues first game of the year. Wasn't it? First or second, yeah. I'm fairly certain it was their first. I think we played Bennington all three times. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, Huso did not look good in those last two games he played. So he his confidence can't be too high right now. So if the abs can get to him, get to Bennington and put Huso in, I, I don't think Huso is going to be playing with a ton of confidence. I don't I doubt it, but there's I think there's something to be said about just throwing off preparation for a team. Mm -hmm. I think that worked against the wild for them where they all prepared for Huso. And then Bennington comes in net and the whole dynamic changes. I don't think it's a bad idea for St. Louis to consider. I, no. I, I think Bennington starts this series, but if Huso comes in, like, like let's just say after it's two, nothing after the first two games of this series, I wouldn't be surprised if Huso came in and just totally changed the series around. Oh, because I agree. We've never, we've never played him. Yeah. And I, agree. I don't know if we would really know how to beat him. Cause it, that's not Connor Ingram anymore. That's not a third stringer. You're talking about a certified. He's going to get paid this offseason by some team. UFA. What a year for it. So he's going to get paid by someone, and I just don't know who it's going to be quite yet. But to me, outside of the goaltending for the Blues, I think the other thing the Avs can really take advantage of going into this series, 
the defenseman for the Blues. That is their weakness, is their defenseman. Um, you got Colton Perenko, who I think is a solid number one pair defenseman. Justin Folk's really streaky. Um, Tori Krug is undersized. I think it's the best way to put it. And he's been banged up. And then you got Robert Bortuzzo, who is a good penalty killer, but also banged up. Yeah. I, I don't know if he even cracks the abs lineup. He do, he simply does not. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking Tori Krug. It looks like he's going to play, but we just don't know how healthy he is. The same yep. story with Marco Scandella. I mean, if I, I heard Scandella's out, is he out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who am I thinking of then? Oh. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of, are am you I thinking, thinking of Bertuzzo? I might, I might be thinking of Bortuzzo. I quickly scrolled past a tweet that said Krug and someone else was in. Yeah. I'm looking at cat friendly right now. It says Scandella's out. So I assumed it was him. I'm probably wrong, but regardless yeah. Krug coming in, uh, he needs to be healthy because Nick Letty and Colton Pareko on a top pair is not going to get it done. And Callie Rosen with Justin Falk. Yeah, that's not good. That's brutal. This is where the abs can take advantage because like we were talking about with the depth, the abs have three certified badass lines right now. And the way Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr are playing, I I don't know who's going to stop them. It's for sure not going to be this defense. Yeah, I mean, they, we would need to talk about, like, career performances from some of these guys in order to shut down the abs. And the thing about St. Louis is they are a very power play and special teams-driven team. That's where they won the series against Minnesota. If you really dig into the numbers of that series, Minnesota kind of dominated at five-on-five five Correct for the most part. And the Blues right now, and I'm, I'm going to ask them about this when we get to it, they're riding an insanely high shooting percentage right now. Their PDO through the last bit of the season when they were on that point streak and so far through the first round is through the roof. And maybe that continues the rest of the way. You never know sometimes with how luck works and how the playoff works. Sometimes that's all you need is just a high PDO bender. But you got to think at some point that's going to crash. I, I think it – I don't know if it's going to crash, but – it's going to be a lot tougher against the Avs defensemen. I mean, you've got four lock – I wouldn't say lockdown, but you've got two lockdown defensemen, whichever line Kale McCarr and Devon Taves play on, they're going to shut down whatever line they're playing against. And the way Josh Manson and Sam Gerrard are playing too, you can make a case that they're just as good defensively. Um, so the Avs have the clear advantage in pretty much every position group, but the – other key to the series, and I want to talk to those guys about it, is, like you said, the five-on-five five and the special teams. Because if the Avs take a shit ton of penalties, which it's not – it hasn't happened this year. I don't, I can't remember a time where the Avs were super undisciplined. Like, the, uh, it can happen. I mean, with, with this power play, it doesn't have to be much. You, you can give them three power plays a night, and that can be brutal. I mean, this is, this is a very weird series for narratives, I think, because people look at the abs like this offensive juggernaut and the Blues as this defensively sound team just based on what they've been in the past. Kind of the opposite here, because the Blues are a team that is re- going to rely heavily on their offense and their depth to carry them. And the Avs the same to a certain extent, but they have the much better defensemen and defense in this series. And if they can shut down the blues, then the advantage goes fully to them. 
Yeah, and if the Avs' offense is clicking like they were against Nashville, granted they were playing a third-string goalie, but you still – they scored in an unbelievable clip. I mean, Kill McCarr had 10 points in four games. Like, did you see some stats from the other games? It's like, look at this player, 14 points in seven games. Like, Kill McCarr, if they went seven, might have had 20. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's quite Carter, possible. Carter Verhage had, like what, – what did he have? Like 15 or 12 points against Washington in six games. And it's like, oh, who's right behind? Oh, that's Kill McCarr who played four games. Four. Yeah. And so that's and a, like, like, let's just say that you call the offense between these two a wash. I wouldn't abs have the slight edge. I would say just because of the star power there, I'd say they're depth wise about pretty even, except for the fourth line abs have the edge there. The real edge goes to Kale McCarr. The abs have Kale McCarr and Devontae's and the blues don't. When you list off the top five players in the series, I, I think you may say there's four of the five are abs. Yeah. I mean, let, let's do that. Who, who is it? McCarr, McKinnon. Yeah, you have to go McCarr one, McKinnon two. Um, Rantanen, even though he didn't – I mean, still his skills there. And then probably throw in Darcy Kemper at four and then maybe Tarasenko or Kairou at five. I, I'd, put, I'd put Ryan O'Reilly in the top five. The way he ended the season and the way he played against the Wild and just the style of play I think is going to be the biggest problem for the Avs. I'd probably have him four or five. Let's, let's take goalies out of the equation. Okay, that, you want to take goalies out? So I'd say – one, two, three, or I guess four. I think you throw Landis Gog in there too. Yeah. You know, it's top line and Kale McCarr. Actually, Ryan O'Reilly or Devontae's like, yeah, like it, it's really the abs have the distinct advantage. And yet I'm still terrified going into the series. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just normal playoff nervous. Yeah. If we, if we lose to this team, I mean, it's no offense to the Blues. They're a great team. The team is going to give the Avs a great challenge. I believe this is going to be a great series, but there is genuinely no excuse to lose. You are 100% healthy, and the Blues aren't. You have everything you need. You made all the right moves. That You can't look at like, oh, we didn't have a great deadline, because you did. You had a great deadline. You're getting production from everywhere in your life. You have a spare in Alex Newhook that you can throw into the series that we just haven't even seen how well he can play. I like, think he's going to crack the lineup in this series. I believe I so. I believe that was a stylistic thing against Nashville where it made more sense for Albe Bell to play. Against the Blues where you're going depth for depth, it absolutely makes more sense for Newhook to step yeah. into the series. I, I agree. And they had him practicing with the second line today. I know Landis Cog took a maintenance day, but if you're going to – put someone else in there, you probably bump one of your third liners up there to play on the second line. So I, I think Newhook's going to crack the lineup. His style fits more for this game, which like you just said, what a luxury. We're talking about a kid who had what, 13, 14 goals and was really coming on at the end of the year. And now he's going to come in even more motivated because he just sat through the first round. <laughs> like we're, we're going to be rocking and rolling. Um, and I, I can't wait, but like you just said, man, there's really no excuse like if we would have faced the wild, I would have been a lot more scared, but the blues are still a good team, but we are just, we match up so much better with them and you can't envision a better second round matchup for the abs. You really can't. I mean, that really is best kid. Not that I don't think we could have beat the wild. We absolutely could have. I just think that's a series that is a very emotional series an emotionally taxing series that the wild could drag down into the muck if they wanted to, even though Nashville is more physical than they are. Minnesota is just better. And Nashville doesn't have Kirill Kaprizov with the, with St. Louis in this series, the abs, like they've just matched up great with them all year. And granted they only played three times. Really the only matchup that really mattered was the last one 
towards the very end, even that was kind of meaningless. Kind of feels like we didn't really play the Blues this year. Yeah, because that's that second time we played them in St. Louis, the only time we played them in St. Louis, we we kind of handled them pretty easily. That was with our team really at full health. McKinnon was back. Um, Kemper was playing well again. So I I agree. We haven't really gotten a good sample size of like these teams at like peak health, except for the last game of the regular season. But even then, the Avs were just playing for shits and giggles, for pride. So um, I'm really, really interested to see um, how this game or how this series goes. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait either because I'm going to be there. Yeah, uh, breaking news. Yeah, Griffin will be out here for game two. He probably won't be out here for game one. Um, unless they move the series to Thursday, which is no not- chance. Yeah, If they do that, we revolt. We, yeah. we revolt. So I, I still feel good about six. I feel like that's giving the Blues enough respect and all that fun stuff. But I, I really think the Avs can get this done in six. They, they may get it done in five. Like they, they really could. If all those things go wrong for the Blues, like we just mentioned, it could go that way. But even if the Avs play bad, I still think they can play through their mistakes because they're that talented and that deep. Um, and we have, we've gone, what, 25 minutes in the episode. We haven't even mentioned the biggest news. Darcy Kemper is 100% good to go. Yeah. So um, he was in media availability today, and he, he still has a little shiner on his eye, but – He can see. He can see. So that's a huge, huge win. Shout out Pavel Francos for stepping in. But Darcy Kemper, like we had said on episodes before, he's – the only way the abs win a cup is with Darcy Kemper. Yeah. If you, if you lose your starting goalie, like I love Frankie, but that's just not the kind of role he's going to play. Yeah. And you look at like the expected goals in the first round of the playoffs, Darcy Kemper, I think was six. They're close to top five and Frankie was towards the bottom. Yeah. And that's like we said, it's nothing against Frankie. It's just, he's a really good backup goalie. He's just not a starting goalie. So if we get a healthy Darcy Kemper, a healthy Avs team, you're going to get some bumps and bruises, but you have the depth to fill in those holes now. I just, I'm really struggling to find a way where the Avs lose this series. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel that like sounds we, so fucking cocky. It really does, but I, I, I'm struggling to find a way where the Avs don't win the series. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have sounded pretty cocky throughout this episode. I, I feel like I'm being pretty rational here. Like I'm, I'm genuinely trying to look at this series as objectively as I can. The Avs are heavy favorites and they deserve to be. If they can't get out of this round, then there's a problem we need to discuss about the mentality of this team because they should win this series. They're better than the Blues. The, the main thing the Blues have is their top nine and their power play. And in terms of depth, I'd argue the Avs are better. In terms of guys who are equally dangerous, you give that edge to the Blues. But with the star power, you give that to the Abs because you take your attention off of McKinnon and Ranton and you still got two lines that are dangerous. With the Blues, it's just nine guys that are equally dangerous, which is very scary. And then you have the power play, which is where the Blues have the edge in this series, without a doubt. The Abs are not that far behind. And no. the way their power play operated against Nashville, terrifying. Well, so, you get all those guys going. It's just... Yeah. It's unstoppable. They, there was a game they scored four times on the power play. They <laughs> operated game 80, 80% on the power play. And so, really, you just stay out of the box for the most part. You stay disciplined. You play your game, barring catastrophe of injuries or Jordan Bennington turning into Dominic Hasek in his prime and letting in two goals in four games. 
you should win this series. There's really, there's no other way to put it. There are no excuses anymore. I'm not going to be nice to them anymore if they fuck up in this series and really start to look like shit. This show's going to get a lot more nasty than it's ever been. It really could. And that's we're going to we're going to preface that with if they lose this series, if they lose a game, not the end of the world. If they look like shit, I'm not going to be happy. OK, fair. All right. If they, um, if, they, if they have a game where like they just look like they're not interested, I'm not going to give them the time of day for yeah. that. Not now. Well, not. That's at fair. Point. That's fair. This, I, this I still, is what it's all been about, man. Yeah. Like, this is this is what we've talked about all season. There is no more conserving your energy. This is it. Yeah. I think game one, we could see a repeat of the Vegas from last year. I think the abs could kick the shit out of losing game one, like five to one, six to one. I, I really do. Uh, they're going to be rested. They're going to be feeling good. But then game two is the most important game. If you can sustain that pressure and sustain that will and go up to nothing, I'd feel really good going into St. Louis, just knowing we need to split. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the difference last year, and people are going to look at, oh, the abs had eight days off. Blues, when the series starts, are going to have five. Yeah. Like it's, it's really not going to be that big a difference this time. Last time it was, I'd looked at this before the episode, so I know we had seven days off before we played Vegas. Vegas had one. And they, they, that's why I thought the series was going to start on Monday because they played that game seven against Minnesota. And then one day off, game one against the Avs. Avs have had a week off, crushed them. And then Vegas was like, okay, well, here we go now. I think they're kind of going to be in the same boat. The abs have had a lot of practices lately and they're fully healthy. Oh, brother. That building's going to be buzzing. Like it, it could get, it could be a repeat of game one against Nashville. Like it, it could get bad. Um, and that's totally cool with me. If we can just start game one with just an easy coast and win again, I'll be cool. Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty intense. The blues are going to be in the same boat as us. It's not Nashville who just blew a four nothing lead to Arizona to come it's into true. that series. There's going to be momentum and a goalie this time, allegedly in Jordan Bennington. Allegedly, we don't we'll know. See, we don't know what version of Jordan Bennington it's going to be. But my, I digress. I, <laughs> I think, I think all of these games are going to be fun. I'm not going to be there for game one, but the rest of the series, possibly. Maybe it'd be so fucking funny if you only got out here and, and it's a fucking four game sweep again and you only get to watch one game at home. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of time for sightseeing at that point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But w- there's no chance in hell the F sweep from this no. series. Zero percent. I don't think so. I'm, 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 I am prepared for this series to go seven. I, I prepared my travel plans for it to go seven just to cover every eventuality. And if it doesn't, then I'll figure that out as I go. But I figured yeah. that out first. But uh, that's that's about what we have for right now just us but we are going to be joined by mason of blues fan reacts uh, while we were recording wags unfortunately had to to cancel had some um, last second stuff come up so it's just going to be mason from blues fan reacts he's going to be hopping on with us in just a second and hope you guys enjoy that interview and we will talk about our thoughts afterwards and see if our feelings on this series have changed Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. All you have to do is bet $5 on any team to win 
and you get $100 no matter the result. It is literally free money. And if that's not enough, if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. All right, and we are joined by Mason of Blues Fan Reacts, joining us to talk about the perspective of the St. Louis Blues in this series. Mason, it's been a while since you've been on the show. I think it's the season preview before I even had Christian on here. I am fairly certain that's accurate. Uh, I believe the other last time that we did this was uh, to also preview last year's Blues and Avs game. And I think both of us predicted correctly that the bad team didn't win and the good team did win. So, Well, we'll just jump right in. What are your thoughts, man? You think it's going to be a repeat of the series from last year or you think it's going to be a little different? I hope not! That was so much pain. Like being swept is just it it like I very rarely have seen my team get swept, but after that series, it was like I knew going into that series that maybe the blue squeak went out, but if they don't, like I could totally see that too. However, if you look at this year's playoffs just specifically, you'll notice that the wild were the pretty heavy favorites to win against the blues. They thought it was going to be at six. So they thought it was going to be a seven. And I thought the blues had a much better shot than even Dom decision, which is the analytical God, you know, uh, the one that I look up to the most and uh, he, all his models were like, nah, no way the blues make it past. Maybe they take it to seven, but that's even doubtful. And then look at what happened after being dead to rights after game three, the blues really pulled it out there. So, and you know, crushed a lot of brackets in the meantime, but not mine, not, not ours mine. either. We, we ours. both, pick the blues we both too, had man. the blues. I picked the blues in seven. So, cause I, I was like confident that series was going to go to seven, but ended up going to six because Cam Talbot's a bum. <laughs> Minnesota. That's the best part about. It. I think that's one thing that all Blues fans and Avs fans can like shake hands on is just the pure hatred for the Minnesota Wild. So, oh yeah, um, I feel like we're all going in positive vibes before Game One, and then we'll go back that, to hating each other. That's um, true. I do want to know though, what's your opinion on the Tyson Jost trade? Just a couple blurbs. Um, I'll go first. I he was a fan favorite. Um, never really lived up to the draft pick. I, I thought he was a good, <laughs> solid fourth liner. But uh, Nico Stern's in a much better fit. Awesome. Yeah. Ty- well, Ty- that's good. No, Tyson Jost, it was – it. none of us saw it coming at the deadline, but it was one of the moves for this offseason that even if they won, especially if they didn't, that was kind of coming. And it's mm-hmm. like Christian said, Nico Sturm, even though he hasn't scored a goal yet on the abs, is just a better fit for this team and what they're trying to do stylistically and – if Jost wasn't traded, he probably doesn't play in the last round. 
Yeah. Right. Jost was an absolute pylon in the series that the Blues played against him. So I, you know, I wouldn't look too deep into, oh no, is Jost going to now all of a sudden become that good player? Cause <laughs> he sure didn't freaking look like it. So. No, no. The whole Minnesota wild outside of Kaprizov didn't look like they were trying right. that hard, but. Um, who and who could have seen that coming? A team full right. of, team full of 30 year olds having career years was a bunch enjoy of that 14 million dollar buyout penalty for Parise <laughs> Suter for the next four years. Wow, <laughs> it so was holy moly. delicious, delicious, it was delicious. <laughs> I love it. That's how we that's felt, the man. other. That's the nice thing is that the Blues were underestimated in their first season or in their first round, excuse me. And now they're underestimated in this round as well. And I mean, I think it's been, you know a theory that's been tried and tested throughout the ages, the team with nothing to lose oftentimes surprises. And I think the blues are one of those teams going into the playoffs. They got absolutely nothing to lose. Right. So not a lot of pressure on their shoulders. We saw it in 2019 blues could do it. Nothing to lose. Look what they did. I'm getting a lot of the same vibes, honestly. Interesting. I, we both don't think this is going to be a sweep. We we can tell you that it's not going to be a sweep. Um, Mm -hmm. We both said abs and six, but we wouldn't be shocked if it goes seven, just strictly because the Blues, like we we talked about this earlier in the episode, they have nine legitimate forwards who are yes. really fucking good. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not too the- bad they're only down to two defensemen, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were we were talking. The Blues have nine twenty goal scores, and. I want to get your opinion on how their depth matches up with the abs because the abs, they finished with seven 20 goal scores and Lekkonen finished with 19 after dealing with immigration issues and everything that right. couldn't be over here in time. Comfort missed 12 games and finished with 18. So mm-hmm. where do you think the edge lies with St. Louis on offense? If it does at all, what do you think? I don't think the blues have much of an edge over the avalanche. I think the blues I looking at, I I obviously, I don't like really pay a super close attention to the avalanche, but from my perspective, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The the Avs have a great, you know, first 10, 11 players, you know, on their forward core, but you can't mix them around with each other. There are some players that have to go with certain players. And there are other players that, you know, cannot play with this player just because their styles are not compatible. The only thing that the blues really have an edge over the Colorado avalanche on is the blues literally with their forward court can play anybody with anybody. And that's, what's going to make them more dangerous. Obviously the abs have the much more offensively oriented team. The abs had, you know, this fucking godsend in kale McCarr right <laughs> on the back end who could play with anybody. The defense is not something I'd be concerned about. The thing is with the avalanche, you have to play you're like, you have five people that just rule your offense and those players have to play with each other. You can't split them among all four lines like the blues can. So if we're talking top line exclusively, abs have the clear advantage. If we're talking overall depth, abs have the clear advantage, but versatility in the lineup is something that the blues will be able to match you in. And that is something that really suffocated the Minnesota wild is that the blues could roll all four of those lines. And yeah, the Minnesota wild would skate with them strive for strive in the first two lines, next two lines blues dominated, no contest. So I think that's something if I was an abs fan, that's what I'd be most concerned about over anything. 
Well, it's also the thing is for the first round, a lot of these lines looked a lot different for the abs than a lot of us anticipated because mm-hmm. Landis God coming back, you had him actually bumped down to the second line for a majority of that series. Val bumped up because he worked so well with McKinnon, Ranton, Burakovsky bumped down to the third line with Comfort. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Alex Newhook, I think, is going to be an interesting part of this series. Me and Christian talked about this earlier on the episode. Newhook did not play against Nashville. And I, we all believe, and it probably is because of the stylistic matchup with Nashville. Now that we're talking about depth for depth, you might have Newhook, who was great this season, plugged back in mm-hmm. to that third line role instead of Obey Q Bell. So even still, the Avs, they have a lot of potential to switch things up on their lines. It's just for the most part, they just never needed to. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the other thing about, I mean, like, like I said, the, the Avs and the Blues, if we're talking to strictly top six, Avs get, you know, win that battle, no contest. The other thing that we need to think about is obviously the Blues are down defense. That's always been a concern this season, even though the Blues finished top 10 in goals against in this entire league, which really, really surprised me. Um, if we're talking, we got to talk about goaltending. Right? Yeah, that's where I'm going to next. Where are you feeling Jordan Bennington, man? Jordan Bennington has been, has been, huh? Uh, he has impressed me, but if he has an off season against the high octane offense, like, you know, this Colorado avalanche team, I'm not going to look too far into it. I already kind of wrote this down, you know, halfway through the season. Like, listen, Jordan Bennington has been in the league three years now. He has not had an off year yet. This is his off year, right? So if he's bad, he's bad. Huso was great in the regular season, but he's reminding me a lot like Jack Campbell in which he could not get it together for the playoffs. And it just flat out wasn't enough. And Biddington came in and I think that sort of served as a motivator for him. I think Emily Kaplan did a fantastic interview with him. I think last week where he's like, you know, obviously I haven't had the greatest season, but the best you can do is just take the situation that comes at you and, you know, not overthink it. And if there's one thing that Jordan Binton's good at besides freaking out is <laughs> not overthinking things. And I think if he can really hone in on that, if he can take the, if he, t- if he can take his momentum from the Minnesota series into this one, it can, it can be really, 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 really dangerous if he's the one in net. So, because we still don't know, I obviously Biddington, we're pretty sure is going to start game one, obviously, but uh, if he has an off game one, do they immediately switch to Huso after that? So there's just so many questions about this Blues team, which is why I'm going to agree with you guys on abs and six. I think the Blues are going to, I think Blues are going to win game one because you guys swept your team. You've had how many days off? I'm sure that is going to be a big factor, you know, and the Blues are pretty good in game one. So uh, I, the Blues, have won so many game ones, you know, over the last, you know, how many seasons now, uh, even if they don't win the series, they're still really good at it. So. Yeah. So uh, we, we went a little different. I, I think honestly, cause the abs last year after they had their, their sweep of the blues and they faced Vegas the next round, they beat the Knights seven to one in game one. I, <laughs> I think it could be another repeat of game one. And then we see the blues in game two come out and play a much better game. Yeah, it's also mm. the last year we had seven days off and Vegas had one. This year, I think it's mm. if, for, if we're starting Tuesday. Right now, we still don't know, which sucks. But if this series starts on Tuesday, the Avs had eight days off and the Blues would have five. So yes. 
pretty, pretty similar because we were the first two teams to move on, which is very funny, but I, I hope it starts on Tuesday because I'm going to a Grizzlies game on Monday. So I, I hope it does too. Cause I'm flying <laughs> to Denver on Thursday. So I want to be there for game two. I but. wanted to go to a game in Denver so bad. Cause like the flights are like 150 bucks where I'm, I'm in Salt Lake city. If Christian doesn't know. So I am like right next door. I can get a very, very cheap flight there, but your freaking arena ticket prices are freaking nuts. <laughs> I didn't think it could get much worse than Vegas, but here we are. Oh my goodness. And especially come playoff time was not, I was like, it was the ticket prices alone that turned me completely off. Yeah, no, you know? it's definitely become a, it, the abs are, uh, in the state of Colorado right now, probably the hottest ticket in town because um, mm. the Broncos are going to be better this year. The Nuggets were good, but injured all year. And the Rockies are just dumpster fire. So the abs seem to be like the, uh, the darling of the town right now. And Broncos are my Super Bowl pick, by the way. Okay. I like that. We're on the same page there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I-, I was lucky. I'm a season ticket holder. So I get the tickets for base value. There you uh, go. So I don't have to pay the egregious pricing, but uh, yeah, I definitely have noticed that, that the prices in resale is ridiculous. Like I could resell. Far cry from 2016. My goodness. Yeah, correct. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at these right now on Ticketmaster. (laughs) (laughs) Read them to me. I haven't looked. I haven't looked. What are they? The cheapest ticket for game one, the cheapest one right now on Ticketmaster is $114. Holy shit. The cheapest one. Put in context, face value of those is 62. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I just paid for four games. If 62. it was 62, if it was 62, I'd do it. Like, if it was 62, I'd say, Frank, fucking the flights, I don't care. Get a hotel. Maybe even go to both games one and two, you know. 114 bucks to watch my team get kicked 7-1. I don't know if that's something <laughs> I'm down with. So... <laughs> It's it's gonna be okay. It, uh, before before we get to this, do you guys want some perspective from the rest of the league? Do you want to guess what the game one tickets for the Florida Panthers are taking on Tampa Bay? Me oh, in Florida, the cheapest ticket for FLA Arena thirty five. Okay, not that low, but it is sixty two dollars. Oh shit! For the cheapest yeah. ticket there. Well, and, the Panthers still haven't sold out a game in the playoffs yet. So I, I'm scrolling all the way down. They're all 62 here. There was one ticket wow. for $114 for the abs. That's wow. crazy, dude. That's crazy. I, wow. I will say I blues fans despise me. I despise them when they come to the arena. Cause they just spell blues the, or just say blues for 60 fucking minutes, but I'll give them credit. They, they travel well. Um, they drive, oh, yeah. crazy, but they do travel well. It's pretty incredible. Honestly. Um, you know, I've been to, I just barely got back from Arizona. I went to, because I mean, obviously Arizona was closing their arena. I was like, ah, I got to go to a blues game. Now I had to. And it was only, I was originally going to go to the blues in Colorado game. That was like almost, you know, at the end of the season there, but I decided now nah, I'll do Arizona instead. Cause that arena is closing. Oh my goodness. That place was probably, I'm zero exaggeration. My friend long dead on Twitter could back me up on this. Cause he was there with me. 55% blues fans. Oh, that's how it always is, man. I, I went out there a couple times to the Arizona arena uh, last year. Cause they were the ones allowing fans in. And it was probably of like the 25% they had there, 23% abs fans. Like mm-hmm. it's just crazy. But I, I I'm telling Griffin next, next year, we have to get um, a little podcast road trip and go to that new arena. Oh, and watch a game. I am so down for that. You have if, no idea. 
If you guys are ever in Vegas for an Avs Vegas game, I'll meet you guys down there. Okay, deal. Deal. Awesome. Well, I have to go to Vegas one time. Vegas, it may be a good year to go next year because everyone's going to be down on them. So, yeah. oh my gosh, the ticket price is going to be so cheap. I'm going to yeah. fucking love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're going to live the dream out there. But there we go. Um, I yeah, we could we spent a whole episode already talking about Vegas's demise, and we'll do the same with Minnesota because we're just petty bitches like that. But the blues uh, as well, just to, so I don't feel left out. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll no, do the blues. I'm, too, sure, so I'm sure we will. Okay. We'll have we'll have one after every game. We'll have it in slow motion post mortem. Awesome. <laughs> Although I will ask you guys because you guys are so famous in the abs community, I want you guys to make sure. That, <laughs> I want you guys to make sure that if and when the Colorado Avalanche kill the Blues in this series that you guys lay off of us. Oh my gosh. I, I very rarely block people on social media, oh. but last playoffs, you won. Fantastic. I know my team sucks. You don't have to tell me that because oh, I know. Avs Twitter is vicious, man. Like they they give no fucks. Whoa. I'm glad I'm on their side because I'll go look. Just because I, I I don't know about you guys, but I find pure comedy in going and looking at sports teams' accounts when they lose. Like reading oh, the wild, too. like reading the Wild's final post from that season. That was Chef's Kiss comedy for me. But I'd say probably seventy five percent of the mentions in there were from fucking Avs fans. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't even but Blues fans. It wasn't. I love a good trash talk. I'm in like a couple of Facebook groups. It's like Central Division trash talk. I freaking love those places. I love trash talk. The one thing I cannot stand is when you start using personal attacks when it's just my freaking team, man. You know? Yeah, man. They, I they take it so they make it such a personal thing. You would almost thought that they lost, you know. Yeah, no, they can abs fans, I love them. They they're the heart and blood of this podcast, but they can For be sure. vicious on Twitter. They they come at Griffin and I sometimes. We, mm. we get we catch some stray shots every once in a while, but probably every, not every every, every once in a while. There's a bullet coming our way. You guys can yeah, hear. Me. I understand. My picture is frozen, but you all can hear me, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Regardless, yeah, Avs fans can be uh, a little vicious sometimes. And it's funny because to us, because we're on their side. So of course. Yeah, no, we'll, I love we'll stalking. Sh- I stalk Toronto's Twitter account all the freaking time. Oh, so I believe was, it. That was. I love. I love trolling Toronto fans, and I love trolling uh, Tampa Bay fans because those two fan bases are the most irrational people on the whole app, and that's why I freaking love trolling them. Well, it's it, Tampa Bay. I can get it a little bit. They've won two cups in a row, so you can be a little irrational. Everyone but, overreacts to them now that they won two cups. Yeah, so. and now Toronto hasn't done shit in ah. however long. 18 years that that could that playoff drought or not playoff drought like for that first round exit you know like never making it past the first round second round drought i should say that second round drought is old enough to drink in toronto now (laughs) it probably is at this point it is 19 years that is crazy dude yeah it, it, it was it was funny last night watching that game but i guess we can circle back to uh the avs blues series and I guess one of my final questions is, and I asked this to the Preds guys we talked to too, who for the Blues needs to have a perfect series for them to beat the Abs? Jordan Kyra. I like that pick. I don't know if you know. I mean, I know that Jordan Kyra, obviously all-star, beat Connor McDavid. I'm never going to let anybody live that down. (laughs) Um, 
Speed Demon. That stands. That is my mark on hockey Twitter. Is that I started Speed Demon, and then now the Blues Twitter account tweets that every time that he scores. So that is my mark. That is my mark on Blues Twitter. Is Speed Demon is elite. But buy my shirts anyway. Um, I think I don't know how much you know about how he has done after the All Star break, but it has not been good okay (laughs) he he had such a hot start to the season that he had like just a terrible second half which we saw last year too this isn't news to us but he just fell off so hard but he had such a good first half that he still finished at a point per game which is insane to me you know so if jordan Cairo has a resurgence in the ab series watch out because everybody else on the blues is firing on all cylinders. It seems like really, he's the only one holding us up. And, you know, if he can show up in the big moments, if he can, you know, get to, you know, slick goals, like he did in game five against Minnesota, then this is going to be a hell of a fun team to watch a hell of a fun series to watch. And I don't know if the abs really have anybody that can conquer a totally on it. Jordan Cairo, uh, genuinely. Kill no. McCarthy. <laughs> found the chushkin yeah yeah not, i mean not, not, to, not, to, not to immediately like destroy your point or anything but uh val, <laughs> val is val is built for that kind of thing and i that's mm-hmm. a good, that's gonna be a very fun matchup between the two uh one question mm-hmm. that i am paying attention to the most in this series and christian and i talked about this right before you hopped on is right now the blues have the highest shooting percentage in the league you dig into the five on Do five numbers. yes right now is you dig into the five on five numbers in Minnesota and Minnesota had a pretty significant edge at even strength, but it was the blues power play that killed them. Are you concerned at all about the PDO of the blues right now? Or is that just a credit to the style that they play? That's a credit to the style more than anything. I think the blues have been able to find a way to score at five on five. I think that they've been able to, you know, continue their elite special teams play, you know, like they did all season. This was like, they shattered the blue shattered their, um, their franchise record in power play percentage by like four percentage, you know? So it was the highest was some late eighties team. I don't remember specifically, but it had like Brett Hull and Brendan Shanahan on it. And they, even they were only, you know, scoring on 23% of the power plays and the blues got 27% this year. So, which is absolutely nuts. So, and then the blues have always had a good penalty kill. It's like not anything to write home about, but it's still a very, very good penalty kill. And, uh, you know, especially O'Reilly turning it on in the playoffs. That's what a lot of our concerns were was will Ryan O'Reilly be able to step up in the playoffs. And he really has, he's been a very good all around player for us that even his, you know, his playoff, you know, performance alone is worth every penny of his contract even if he didn't score a single point in the regular season you know he just carries his team on his back it's somehow he's just he's just so good at that and i think it's one of the most underrated parts about this blues offense yeah i i completely agree with you on that the the blues power play terrifies me um it is very very good and the spk has been better uh these past couple months but going up against that is just that's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun for him. Right. Um, but that leads into my next question. You, you kind of touched on already. You're more touched into the blues than we are. What, what's it looking like defenseman wise, injury wise for you, the blues? Cause that has to be a concern for you. I, if I had it my way, I think Tory Crew should sit the series because I don't think 
Krug will be the difference as to who wins or loses this series. If we can get him rested and healthy for some miracle conference final run, then absolutely let him do that. Let him rest because the rumor was originally an ACL injury, but I don't know a hundred percent what the status on that is, but yeah, he's been gone since I think it was game two or three. So, and I want him to rest that up to be ready. So I wouldn't expect him to play at all this series. If he does, it would be like maybe game six or maybe game seven, you know, if it even gets that far, but, um, Another thing, Colton Pareko, it looks like he is mostly healed from whatever he was dealing with because he's been a fantastic shutdown guy for us. But really, the only healthy defenseman right now is Justin Falk. And if Kadri does some Kadri level bullshit, I will never let you hear the end of it. So that is just a fair <laughs> warning. But no, Justin Falk has been our healthy defenseman and he's been solid. You know, nothing to write home about necessarily, but he's been a solid defenseman. He finished the year. I can't even remember. It was like a plus 30 or 35 or plus 40 on the year or something like that. And these playoffs, I think he's a minus two. So I think he's, that, he's, he's, but that's because he and Franco played over 30 minutes in one of the games because he and Franco were the only two healthy real nhl defensemen that were left on the team you know so and and again playing over 30 having two players play over 30 minutes in a game that didn't even go to overtime is nuts you know that's something unheard of and i don't think it's ever happened to the blues ever in their history i think that was a like a blues franchise record but something that you guys should probably expect is i wouldn't be surprised if game one the blues go with 11 forward 70 that's okay. something that you should probably expect Especially um, like because Scott Perutovich played pretty well, didn't he? He has, oh my gosh, like nuts good. This is how he, I had pretty big expectations for him at the beginning of this season. He really didn't show that and obviously got injured and then was sent down and then came back up and then got injured again. He, it looks like he hasn't even missed a beat. Honestly, he has been an X factor on not only the blue line in general, but the blues power play too. He literally took Justin Falk's power play spot, which has never happened this season. Falk has always been on the power play one, you know? So the fact that he's able to do that and impress that much in the next, you know, in only the first four games of the series is absolutely crazy. And something that, I mean, kudos to him. He's had a, like a rough time in the prospect pool and then in the minors just because he's such a talented defenseman, but he had his knee issues and then he had his shoulder issues, you know? So the fact that he is doing some of the things that he's doing right now is incredibly impressive to me. So I think that's another, I think there are two players that as fans really need to watch. I think they about, need to watch. Uh, what about Robert Bortuzzo? Sorry to cut you off there. Is he, is he Okay. Bortuzzo should be good to go for either game two or game three. I don't think that that's going to be a big concern injury wise. You're going to see a lot of Callie Rosen. You might see a little bit of Steven Santini. I know who's that, but um, he's, he's been okay. Um, Bortuzzo, I wouldn't expect to, you know, be out for very long. I think Scandella might be out for probably until game five. Obviously I don't know for sure, but uh, if I were to assume 
would probably be game five, but it sounds like they're both skating, which is nice. And then Bortuzzo should be back as soon as, you know, as soon as we think so. Credit to the Blues, man. You just listed off probably enough injuries to (laughs) fill out, like, just the entire injury report, and you still handled the Minnesota Wild in six, so... I mean, that's a, that's more of a credit to the Minnesota mild being a bunch of frauds more (laughs) than the blues being pillars on defense, but the two uh, players that I think, you know, you need to watch out for are one Scott Brunovich because he's been unbelievable. Obviously small sample size isn't getting the credit he deserves from blue Twitter, but he really done really well. And then Robert Thomas, obviously. I love Robert Thomas, Robert Thomas. I like I might be biased and I want you guys to tell me if I'm biased. He is the he's top five playmaker in the NHL. I haven't I haven't watched enough of him to say that, but every time if you I look watch at him play, a lot of if you look at some of the advanced analytics on him, he is 99th percentile or 100th percentile in danger shot pass uh, passes in uh, in slot passing in uh, zone entries in he's just an absolute wizard, you know. And it's, I mean, he got 55 assists this season for a reason, right? So Yeah, I'm looking at right now, 57 assists, 77 points in 72 games. Quietest point per game player this season. Yeah, and and he's got such a good shot if he would just shoot! <laughs> Sounds like I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the player that I'm keeping my eye on most in this for St. Louis. And it's a guy that I, I think you guys stole. Um, and the league should investigate it for how much. Yeah. <laughs> Pablo Buchnevich is to Play me. And a second. Yeah. Like <laughs> the fact you guys got him for that was a Joe Sackick level esque trade. And then, uh, and then even better, even better. We're only paying, we're paying him under six for the next four years. Yeah. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Wow. I, think, I, I think for me, that's, that's the X factor for the blues is if Buchnevich can have, not only a good offensive series, but a good defensive mm-hmm. series. Um, mm-hmm. He is admittedly, he hasn't been great these playoffs. I could have jinxed it, but he is not. He's not been very noticeable. So yeah, but I, 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 I think that's just a testament again to the Blues' depth that he wasn't very right. good, and they still, they still showed up. But to me, I. I, that dude scares the shit out of me because he just reminds me so much of Val Nachushkin. He's just basically the blues version of Val Nachushkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had an elite regular season. And, uh, you know, this playoffs hasn't been his best. And I think he knows that, you know, and I'm not worried about him either. I mean, like you said, he's a good all-around player. He is a lot like Nachushkin, and you could put him almost anywhere. And he will thrive there, not necessarily in the lineup, but, you know, in, you know, six on five or, you know, power play or penalty kill or even strength or offensive zone draws. I mean, Bushnevich is one of those players you can put anywhere and he's going to generate plays for you. And I think that is something that the Blues, I don't think, especially Blues fans don't really, you know, show enough appreciation for. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And then one more, one more player you need to watch out for. Your boy Brandon Sod. I was uh, just he about to has bring him up. been good these playoffs. He's good every playoffs, man. He, he is, was great last he year. Is a monster he's just in the playoffs. He's just a goal scorer. Like there's no way he's not a goal scorer like you know Matthews or any of the big guys, but he's a goal scorer where anywhere in the middle six that he goes, he can still generate goals. And it's somebody that has scored at such a consistent pace throughout his whole career. And yet, 
people don't seem to give him the attention that they should on defense, you know, like he's just kind of there. And then he scores like, Oh, it's odd as whatever, you know, but I mean, he's one of those players that you just don't think to cover. And then he takes advantage of that and he knows how to score a goal. So, I mean, he's just seems like the perfect example of like that middle six guy. That is he is. And he's perfect, been a godsend. Perfect depth play. I mean, that's what he was with the abs. He was mm-hmm. just always the guy, everyone, whenever, when he was on the abs, when I did DraftKings lineups, I put him in every single game because he was always the cheapest option that you could get. And he would mm-hmm. always make me a ton of money. And in the playoffs last year, he had seven goals in 10 games. It's, it's shocking that we didn't win last year when Saad was playing that well. And he's just, if the blue, I just have As a, a Mr. Feeling, yeah. If the blues win a game in this series, they I'm saying if like, I know that sounds insulting, but it <laughs> like, but if they do, no, I can take it. <laughs> Sod is probably the guy that's going to score that winning goal just because mm-hmm. he's, he's just that kind of player. And he's a former app. We got two former apps. O'Reilly and Sod in this series. I bet those are going to be the two best blues. <laughs> they always, the former abs always kill the abs. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. Kemper versus Biddington. Who's going to have the better series? Kemper. Kemper. <laughs> well, screw you. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're man. You're, ask, sorry. you're asking me about probably the my favorite goalie in the league versus my least. Yeah. Okay, so here are some numbers for you just really quickly. Okay. Uh in the in these playoffs, O'Reilly and Perron are tied in the lead with five goals in six games. Perron is still scoring in the playoffs. <laughs> Then you got Tarasenko with five as well, Kyrie with three, Bozek with one, Pareko with one, Sad with one, Barbashev with zero, and Barbashev actually as a minus three. So he has not been wonderful in these playoffs. But if he can turn that on, there are like two or three players that had good regular seasons that if they turn it on for the playoffs, I think they can beat the Avs. You know, it's just a matter of will they turn on. You know, yeah. that would be Barbashev, that would be Kairou. And uh, that would be uh, Buchnevich. So if those three can turn on the Jets, then then this is going to be a dangerous team. But Jordan Bennington, after losing nine straight playoff games, has now won three straight. He has a 1.67 goals against and a 943 save percentage so far in these playoffs. So if he can keep that up, then you're looking at a pretty likely upset. But against the high octane offense like the abs i'm not gonna bank on that i i don't disagree with anything you just said it, it's just like you said a lot of things have to go right for the blues to win mm-hmm. um I, I think the blues room for air in the series is a lot less than what the abs have room for air yeah. and yeah continuing on that the blues even if they get all these guys going they also need to shut down what the abs have on offense and with the the injuries to the blue line, uh, I don't want to sound too. That could be a problem. I I don't, problem. I don't know if they can do that. To that could maybe maybe possibly be an issue. And the abs depth, <laughs> and just my problem with the Blues all year has has been that blue line. Letty's yeah. helped, but just not enough to make me think that's going to change. No, I think Letty's been good though. He's been I know, a good I, I transition been, guy. I think he's been good, but is he? the guy that is going to single-handedly solve all these problems. I don't think anybody's going to single-handedly solve those problems, but Letty right. has been a lot better than I thought he'd be. Genuinely, he's developed a pretty good shutdown game, and he's still as lethal as ever on the transition. 
I mean, this this could be just to wrap up quickly. This could be a, a pretty high scoring series, which is not something bet you me could, over every game. Yeah, bet the over every game, and not generally something you'd expect out of mm-hmm. uh, a series with the Blues. It just seems I was saying this right before. It seems like the narrative has kind of shifted here, where the Blues are this team that's going to be relying a lot on their offense, and it's up to the yeah. assets to shut them down, which is very different than what we're used to. I'm sure what we're both used to when it comes to the playoffs. But I, I know you gave your prediction earlier, but just for finality's sake, who you got in how many games and what's the biggest factor? Abs and six biggest factor is the blue is the blues blue line continues to play the shutdown game that they have the last three games. If they can do that and Biddington's on top of his game, then they can probably push this to a blues and seven. I don't, if the blues are going to win this series, it's going to be in seven. It's not going to be in six because just no way, you know, if they can win, it's going to be in seven. And if they're going to lose, it could be in five, you know, you just really never know. Certain players have to be on it. Certain players have to be healthy. Uh, So a lot can change very, very quickly. The blues were at a pace in the first three games of the wild series. Uh, They were at a pace of three injuries per game at that point. So if they can not do that, and if Kadri cannot beat Nazem Kadri, then I think we got a good shot of having a healthy series. Certainly hope so, because this is the first time the Abs have been healthy all year. First time. Well, game one against Nashville was really the first time, but now Kemper's back. Abs are fully healthy for the first time. I think we're all on the same page here with Abs and Six, but uh, Christian, unless you've got something real quick for us, I think we're all good. No, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. Again, absolutely. Mason Blues Fan Reacts on YouTube. You can follow him at Blues Fan Reacts. Mason, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe we'll have some mid-series stuff going on, but thank you for your time, my friend. Yeah, contact me if so. Sorry, I'm rusty. It's been years since I put this freaking microphone in front of my face. You did great, man. I try. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Mason. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed our talk with Mason of Blues Fan Reacts. You can follow him on Twitter and YouTube at that handle. Felt like that was pretty enlightening on what's going on with the Blues. I mean, I feel like I've just been focused on the wild for so long. I just kind of needed a lesson on what the Blues are again. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I hadn't watched a lot of Blues games because I was just watching more of the the stars when the, the wild and predators, but um, I, I think, oh, Stars just scored, by the way. one nothing Stars. Oh, Jamie Bidd. No. Um, that wow. Sucks. If that result holds, that sucks. Yeah, because that means the Avs more than likely play on Wednesday. And also, we don't get the Battle of Alberta. Yeah. Wow, what a sucks. shot by Jamie Bidd. Okay, but yeah, back to the point. Um, I, I really do think that uh, the Blues are going to give us a good series. But even after – we listed all that stuff that has to go right for the blues. I don't see all of that happening, dude. I just even, even if all of that goes right for them, there has to be a lot that goes wrong here too. Correct. Cause if the blues want to play high scoring series, like they want to drag this to be five to four, uh, I don't want to break it to them, but we're kind of good at that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll Darcy Kemper and Darcy Kemper versus Jordan Bennington. Bennington had a great three games against Minnesota. You got to give him that. Darcy Kemper in the games he played against Nashville was borderline unstoppable. Yeah, lights out. And when he's on his game, which he is when the lights are on, that's a tough man to beat. This is going to be a very fun series. Again, I said this before the Nashville series. 
I feel like when you pick a team in five, people think you think that team sucks. That, oh, you think the Blues are terrible. You don't give them any respect. These could all be very close one to two goal games. And I think the Blues can take one or two, but the Avs, they just have that edge. And the way they played against Dashville, just so businesslike, so cold, and just adjusting to everything on the fly. It's what I said coming into Nashville, and I feel the same here. I just don't think Jordan Bennington is going to be the one that stops this team. No, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And like we talked about earlier on the episode, the way the Blues play is way more conducive to how the Abs want to play. Yeah. Like Nashville, they were bad at it, but they tried to grind the game out and make it. They couldn't catch us. Yeah, they couldn't catch us. This is going to be a very high scoring series for the abs. I think the blues are going to get their chances, but if Darcy Kemper plays like he did against Nashville, the abs are going to be just fine. Like, yeah. That's just the case. They're also be- like, I just, I just feel like this is the ceiling for the blues this season. They don't have the defense to make a super long run. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and they do. And this is on old takes exposed in a couple of weeks, but you look at that defense. That's not a Stanley cup defense. No. This looks like a team that was built to take down Minnesota in round one, all the underlying stuff, all the regulation wins and the depth kind of really showed that that was a really probable upset. And that's what changed my mind at the 11th hour to change my pick to St. Louis. Cause I had it, I had it as the wild on this show. I did change that pick to St. Louis, but yeah. Uh, I talked about the shooting percentage. Mason believes that a lot of that has to do with their style. I agree, but it's high right now that shooting percent they are as a team oh man i just clicked off of it as a team but they are here it is as a team they are shooting at around 12 percent. that's ridiculous that is crazy that does that just simply does not happen yeah no I, i completely agree with you that that shouldn't happen and it's been happening so i just i I really think this game's going to, this series is going to go six. I wouldn't be shocked at all if there's like two or three overtime games. I really wouldn't. Um, but in the end, the abs are just the significantly better team. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I said before Mason hopped on. If you lose this series, I really don't think it's because of the Blues. Nope. I don't think there's anything that they can do that can be, that we can look at this series and go, well, what can you do at the end of the day? The only thing that can do that for me is injuries. You lose Kemper, you lose Makar, you lose another important player. Then I can start to be like, well, shit, what the hell do we have to do here to get some goddamn luck? Kind of like the Leafs against the Lightning the other day. Like, Jesus, we played great. What do we have to do? If that doesn't happen, like, come on. This has to be it. It has has to be be it. Because if you you don't get it done this year, if you lose this series – then the second round becomes a very real mental block and something that needs to be overcome and is going to consume this team 50 times more than it already did this regular season. Trust me. I know I've done (laughs) this before. Trust me. It doesn't get easier. And you can just look at the Leafs right now. Now we're really talking about curses. You do not want to come close to that territory. And I believe this team knows that. And that's been the theme all season. You talk about that with Toronto, though. We're not going up against Andre Vasilevsky. We're going up against Jordan Bennington. Exactly. Exactly. 
And that's what I mean. When they lost to Montreal last year, that was supposed to be the year. Not calling St. Louis Montreal. Lost to Vegas. No, Toronto lost to Montreal. Oh, Toronto lost to Montreal. Sorry. Yeah, Toronto lost to Montreal. That was we like we all made fun of them before that. That was really when okay, there is a curse going on here. Not saying St. Louis is Montreal, but if we lose this series, that's our version of that. This is this is the best year to get out of the West. And without it, the second round, the West. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, as we are talking, Calgary is losing game seven to Dallas. To Dallas. And Edmonton we can't emphasize this enough. Dallas is bad. Dallas, like, Dallas is not bad. good. They're not good. Jake Ottinger, actually, it's really good we didn't get them first round. Jake Ottinger's on a heater. Yeah. That, I don't know if he's on a heater of just the Flames, all the weaknesses we thought they'd have is, are just glaring. He is on a heater like you wouldn't believe right now. His goal save above expected is he's clear of the pack for the rest of the league. And if we got him, we would have won, but we're probably talking six. Regardless, yeah. regardless the, the Flames, a lot of time left in that game as we're recording this. We're like five minutes in. The overtime for the Rangers and Penguins has not finished yet, or even started. And Edmonton went seven with the Kings. The Kings, they had a okay series. I thought they looked good. I thought they looked better than I thought they were going to. Oh, we thought that was going to be a sweep. Yeah. Edmonton eventually turned it around and got Mike Smith going, who is suddenly analytically is one of the best goalies in the playoffs. Shocking. That's hilarious. If they get goaltending, Edmonton's dangerous, but you're telling me Mike Smith's going to be the thing that stops us. Connor, Connor McDavid with 14 points in seven games might, but regardless, that path is open. You get very tough, much so. like let's you got three teams left right now. Calgary's losing. I don't believe they're going to lose this game, but even if they do, you've got Dallas and Edmonton waiting for you on the other side and potentially Calgary. I think this series is harder. Agreed. If it's Edmonton, Edmonton will be a fun series just because Edmonton. I, if Edmonton gets that Mike Smith, Edmonton might be a little harder. I think Edmonton would be the hardest matchup for the abs Calgary. We just shut down their top line. They have nothing. Yeah. Um, and their power play has been atrocious and yeah, but I, I think it's going to be Edmonton, but just the West there's, is there's so much left that has to happen. Yeah. The West is not good. So that ties into the final point of this episode is that if it's not now, when, if it's when not now there? with this team, the way it's constructed, the mindset we've got going on here, my question is, what else do you have to do? Correct. Outside of literally just win, what else do you have to do? I don't know if you can build a team better than this one with the chemistry we have going with everyone, the bond that everyone has, the coach that we have who has done a great job at managing this team all season. I know, I know he has his detractors, and you look at the work he's done this season, it's downright impressive. You can't deny that. You have the goalie in Darcy Kemper, who I know is small sample size in the playoffs, even through round one, but has shown up when the lights are bright. If it's not now, what do you have to do other than just hope you get lucky? Yeah, I, I find it funny that the abs are the best team or like you could say the Panthers too. the two best teams. The abs have one end of year trophy finalist, and that's Kale McCarr for Norris. <laughs> like, Ridiculous. And there's a real shot. He doesn't win it. Yeah, like sick, sick voting system that the two best teams get zero of the of players for awards. So 
Yeah, I I can't wait. I'm really hoping Dallas chokes here. I just want the game to be on Tuesday, man. If it's Monday or Wednesday, your boy has to work. If it's Wednesday, like that genuinely screws with me. Like I talked about in the episode, like even beyond just like my hotel, like where I'm ah, just everything with it. Like I got to move stuff around. Like if it doesn't go seven, it's not a problem, but I have to be prepared for it to go seven because I don't want to be like, Oh, game seven tonight, the most important game since we won the Stanley Cup 20 years ago. I'm uh, sorry, my flight's at 12. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want that to happen. If it's a game seven, I want to be in that building. And Agreed. I want to I be like, I'm not going to be able to make it for game one, which I just, I didn't have any control over. I want to be there for as much as I can. Like, this is the most excited I've been for something in a long time. It's, it's going to be the best way. Hopefully this is like the start of a summer you'll never remember. And it'll be one of your last summers before you come into the full adult life. So I want you to enjoy that. Cause I had that when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. It happened my junior year. That was the best summer of my life. Like we just party our face off. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait, man. It, it feels like we've been waiting. It feels like it's been three fucking weeks since we played. Like it truly does. Um, but I just come on Calgary. That is the one time you'll ever hear me saying go flames. The one time. Yeah. And just give us the battle of Alberta, please. please if we're going to play one it. of those teams in the conference final, assuming we do get out of this playoff series, please let them kick the shit out of each other and have that emotional drop off in the conference final where they can, like, if we start running over them, they can go, well, at least we beat them. Yeah. Like that so, is that is the dream. Please, Jake Ottinger, just take the day off. Take the day You've off. You've done yeah. so much. They won't blame you. You took them this far. Yeah, take a day off. Let's give us Calgary and Edmonton, and we'll call it good. But I mean, like, look at the matchups right now. Tampa, Florida, what a banger! You yeah. got Colorado, St. Louis, potential to be a real banger again. And over game seven overtime between the Penguins and Rangers. If you get the Rangers, that's the Rangers going up against Tony D'Angelo. That is a nasty series. And if it's the Penguins, that's still a very fun series. And Penguins beat the Hurricanes. I agree. I think the Penguins win that series. I think the, the Hurricanes would crush the Rangers. But yeah. And that but then you have Dallas and Edmonton, really, instead of that Calgary so and Edmonton. Like that would make that would make me sick to my stomach. Yeah. It would be, but it'd be such a Dallas thing to do. Yep. When he just to ruin everything and they probably get like killed in like five, not even make it a series. Just we, just, we existed this season to ruin this. Yeah, I think so too. But man, I can't wait. I got nothing else for this episode. I'm sure we're going to hop back on um, after we find out when the abs are going to play, which is hopefully later tonight. I'd assume. I would assume. Yeah. Maybe we'll have like a little thing after that. I mean, you guys can see how much time's left in the episode at this point. You'll know before we do, if we're actually going to come back on and do that or not, but we will see where this all goes in the end. It looks like Tuesday. There's the one report out there that if both the Mavericks and Stars win, the Mavericks already won, the Stars are up, that we play on Wednesday. I don't know how that works. But, I mean, the second these are over, they'll release all of them at once. It's dumb. We've been done for a week. Give us the yeah. fucking schedule. But we will wait. know by the end of the night. Okay, thanks. Thanks, TNT, for showing me that. I appreciate that. That <laughs> was waiting Rangers for Rangers Game 7, 2015. That's oh. what I I'm not still raw from... Friday or anything. Friday. We didn't even talk about that. 
Yeah, Griffin went through it a little bit, but I mean, you got to give the Caps credit. They did more than you thought they were going to. I do not. I do not have to give them shit. They blew that series. (laughs) I don't have to give them shit. The team they thought everyone was going to get swept in the first round held on to win six and kept the series competitive. (laughs) Yeah, they blew three straight games. They should have won that series in five. They blew that series that they should have won. Yeah, if you told me that coming into the series, they go six, I'd be happy. You show me the results of those games. Fuck no, they blew that shit. They choked. They, they just need a goalie, man. If the they, Caps get a goalie, I think they win another cup before Ovi's done. Samsonov fucking played well in that series, and that's the worst part. He had a good series. And oh, that last goal, that second goal he gave up to Claude Giroux was one of the worst goals in the playoffs so far outside of Louis Domingues. But the fact that that was only one for him is a substantial improvement. True. That Hathaway missed empty netter inability to keep that puck out inability to compete in that overtime blown three nothing lead and you blow the lead in game six give up two goals have to tie it barely do and play like shit in overtime john carlson can't come back yeah my brief thoughts on it and to respond to you i don't have to give them shit because they blew <laughs> they blew that series they should have won it it's what i it's what i've told you about the caps all along they will find a way to make me suffer and now you all understand why I'm so calm about this team, because they do not even register on the fucking Richter scale that is the Capitals. You tweeted that 17 overtimes since yeah. 2017. The next closest is eight. This yeah, team exists to torture me, and the Avs are good and fun, and they do not do this to me. Yeah, no, they don't. But it's would you rather are you glad they lost to the Panthers and they've and they've like got over the hump in the playoffs or would you have rather lost to the Maple Leafs and ended their streak? Uh, Panthers. Yeah, because no one's going to care about the Panthers in three years. It's it also is just no matter what the Panthers do, if they get swept and never win again, we are always going to be that team in their history, which I always hate being. But regardless, uh, whatever, (laughs) there's a there's the reaction video. I deleted that one just because it was so bad and so poorly shot that I just, I felt embarrassed having that out there. There's a much better one of me reacting to the loss, which I might post it's way funnier to me, just slamming my head on the table. I mean, that's, that's not surprising. Uh Oh, here we go. Breakaway. Is that Keandre Miller penalty? Are they giving him a penalty shot? This is some live reaction. Oh, no, some live that. reaction game seven. Yeah. That's Holy a penalty. Shit. How did you get ahead of me? I've been ahead of I you. No. I'm at 1710 right now. I'm yeah, this is terrible radio. Terrible radio. But yeah. uh, I guess we can wrap here if we're yeah. going to come back when the schedule comes out. So uh, before anything crazy happens in this overtime, Rangers going to the power play. We will wrap this one here for now. Tentatively, we might be back. Uh, I've, if we are back, I'm just going to edit this out. But if we are done here, that's going to do it for this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so very much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs. It is. And Hey, maybe just maybe for the first time in show history, meetups, meetups, meetups thing that can happen because I'm going to be in Denver for the first time in my life. Yes. And if you're going to the game on whenever fucking day it is, come meet up with me. I'm painting my face again we're going to have a fucking blast. So I do not last time I was the only one with my face painted. I need some Avs fans to show up to the game with their face painted. I mean, if I'm, if it works in game one and I'm there for game two, 
I kind of don't have a choice, do I? Yeah, we sorry, dude. Yeah, you're gonna have to paint your face. Um, and then we're gonna have to do sh- we'll be able to do shows not over Zoom. So in that'll be person. a to show as well. In person. Holy well, shit, what a save yeah. by We will figure all that as we go, but that is it for this one. Maybe if you're hearing this, then it is. So we'll catch you all next time. Uh, we will be recording next time after game one of St. Louis. Uh, for some reason, the series is played on like fucking Friday at this rate, which it very well might be the way it's going. We will record on Wednesday, no matter what, whether it's game one or an episode, but we'll probably be back on Tuesday right after the game. I will be on a plane on Thursday and we will be recording in person for game two. So we will see you all then. Enjoy game one of this series. Let's go abs. Let's go abs.